Our scripture lesson today is taken from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled, and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. And this is week one of a three-week series we're calling Brave, which is talking about what you can do in order to be able to step out and be more. Be more than what you maybe even expected that you could be yourself, but to become more of the person that God knows you can be, even if you weren't sure you were capable of it. Now, I love this photo that we're using because that photo actually comes from within our community. That's Jack Noose hanging there on that wall. He is Lindsay Ferris's grandson. If you, uh, I think so many of you know Lindsay because he's been a member here for decades. And Lindsay also is the bass player in our Crossroads band, among all the other things that he has done in, in his many, many years of service to this congregation. And um, Jack is into rock climbing. He just graduated from my alma mater, Princeton. And this is a hilarious photo that he took because there he is on that massive rock and he's reading a book called How to Big Wall Climb. And I thought that's the perfect kind of uh, picture to describe what we're talking about, which is doing what you don't know how to do. And how do you do that? How do you do what you don't know how to do? Well, Felicia uh, suggested that I listen to a podcast this week that was wonderful. It was led by a person named Simon Sinek, who may have, many of you may have heard of, who's a well-known author, and, uh, especially on topics of leadership and things like that. And he was having a discussion with a man named Rich Devinney, who's a speaker who also is a former Navy SEAL, and he draws a lot on his experience as a SEAL to discuss what he has learned about being able to step out and and do the things that you maybe didn't know you had within yourself to do. And one of the things that they talked about in this discussion was this idea that uh, when you are trying to build a team or prepare for what's coming, there is a difference between skills and attributes. And that when you are going into the unknown, what you actually lean into are your attributes not your skills. Because you see, skills are for known challenges. You develop skills because you're able to anticipate what it is that you might need to be able to do and you practice doing it. And so you anticipate a situation and then you develop the skills that can deal with that situation that you've already imagined. 
But what happens when you're trying to face an unknown situation? When you go into an unknown situation, you don't rely on skills because it was unknown. It's not something that you were planning to be able to face. And instead, what happens is you lean on your attributes. You lean on your qualities. And one of the things Rich Devaney talks about is the idea that lots of times when people put uh, teams together and they may say, oh, I've assembled a dream team of people, and what they're talking about is the skills that they've amassed in that team. But that what a good team really relies on is the attributes that are in that team. Because when you have a team of people with good, strong, diverse attributes, then that team is able to not just deal with situations you know, but situations you don't know and aren't expecting. And certainly that's something that Navy SEALs would be training for, right? Now, one of the things that this brought to mind is that when I think about how Jesus prepared his disciples and how Jesus taught, Jesus didn't focus on skills. He focused on attributes. And even as the Gospels describe the things Jesus did, it really talks about the attributes that Jesus had. And so in our story today, you have these crowds that have followed Jesus, and they have um, people who are sick, and they're bringing the sick to Jesus in order to be healed, and it says that Jesus had compassion for them, okay? Compassion's not a skill. Compassion is an attribute. And Jesus was demonstrating the kind of people that we're supposed to be, the attributes that we're supposed to have as followers of Christ. And these are among the things that he taught. For example, he taught us to be people who are forgiving, and he taught us to be people who are generous, and he taught us to have compassion. And one of the things about those attributes is that they are attributes that can be developed, okay? And that's one of the things we need to remember, is that you can develop attributes. You may not have been as generous as you were before, but you can learn to be. You may not have been as forgiving as you were before, but you can actually work on that. You may not have been as patient as you used to, you know, you may not have been a patient person, but you can actually work on developing patience. You can actually work on developing perseverance and determination. You know, you can work on your attributes. And this is one of the things where I think faith is so important in a person's development, especially a young person's development, because most of the time what I experienced in school was that school taught me much more about skills, whereas in faith we talk so much more about attributes. And so school would often teach me skills that were great, and I love the skills that I was taught. I am so grateful that I was taught things like algebra and trigonometry, and all of those things have really been helpful to me. However, it is the attributes that you learn that really get you through the unknown things in life. And sometimes we forget the attributes that we have when we're in a situation where we're not sure about the skills 
we have to face a circumstance. And I think that's kind of what happens in our story today. And so you have this large crowd, right? Thousands of people who have followed Jesus and he has been uh, healing their sick, but now it's getting late in the day and the disciples know that these people are going to need food. And so the disciples go to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, you know, it's getting late. Why don't you send them, um, disperse them so that they have time to head off into the, into the villages and get food for themselves? Now, it's not that the disciples didn't care, right? The disciples are realizing these people are here and they're going to be hungry and they want them to be able to eat. But even though they had just seen Jesus perform these miracles of healing, they let the practicalities of the circumstances dictate their response. And they go to the very practical notion that these people are going to have to go fend for themselves when it comes to food. But instead, Jesus is saying, no, you know, you need to hang on to those attributes. I think that's what Jesus is teaching them, is that this instinct they have to care about whether the people are going to eat is one that they need to hang on to, one that they need to be guided by. And so he, he tells them to give them something to eat. You do it. You can give them something to eat. You're able to do this. You want to do this. But they go back and focus on what it is that they know, what it is that they're used to, and they go, we have nothing here. We only have five loaves. We only have two fish. Their lack of skills, the lack of the practical answer, deterred them from being the people that they wanted to be because they want to be people who are generous. They want to be people who are compassionate. But what often happens in our lives is that we allow things like fear or scarcity to deter us from becoming the people that we're supposed to be. And this is something that Jesus is reminding us not to allow to happen, all right? Don't allow fear, don't allow a sense of scarcity to deter you from being your best self you know what your best self is supposed to be. And that best self is not a matter of skill. That best self is a matter of attributes, right? Uh, you know, and don't let the circumstances around you knock you off base on that. Don't let it um, deter you from maintaining your confidence in what is right. And so Jesus gives them this wonderful demonstration of what it is that they can do. In fact, he lets them participate in it. And that's what's really important, I think, in this story, is this notion that God doesn't just do it himself. Jesus doesn't just do it himself. He didn't say, here, give me the five loaves and here's the two fish, and then Jesus goes and distributes the food. No, he lets the disciples participate and experience experience in the and experience the participation in the miracle and in the same way Jesus gives us this tremendous opportunity to participate in what in what God wants to do in the world i believe that there is so much that God wants to do all right and God wants to do it through us not that God can't do it without us but God is giving us the gift of the opportunity to participate in what it is that God 
wants to accomplish. And so he gives them the loaves. He gives them the fish and says, here, go ahead, start feeding the people. He lets them see what can be done. And then they go ahead and do it. They go ahead and do it, and it says that 5,000 families are fed. And so we need to remember a very simple thing. That if you're supposed to do it, you can do it. All right? See, sometimes we think about uh, what we should be doing and we start from a past perspective. We start from the perspective of saying, okay, uh, let me think about what I'm good at, which by definition is things you've done. Right? There's no way for you to know that you're good at something you've never done. Okay, So if someone says, what are you good at? That's immediately a question about your past. Because what you're good at is what you did. And I think that that's the wrong way to think about what our potential is. Because what it begins to do is be, it, it begins to limit our view of our own potential to the view of our past. We begin to limit what we think we can do based on what we have done. And instead, I think that what we need to be thinking about is a different question. Instead of answering the question, hey, what am I good at? We should be saying, what should I be doing? What should I be doing? And we need to remember that if you are supposed to do it, you can do it. Because it wouldn't be fair for it to work any other way, right? If God wants you to be doing it, if God wants me to be doing it, then you can do it. I can do it. So instead of focusing on our skills, focus on the attributes that you're developing. Don't focus on the things that you can know are the situations ahead of you. Don't focus on the things that you already know you're able to do because of your past. Instead, think about the attributes that you're developing, the kind of person that you are becoming, the kind of person that you're supposed to become, and let those aspirations guide you into what it is you should do. And please join us next week because we're going to be talking about some of the ways in which we can think about the aspirations God might want us to have as we move into week two of Brave. Amen.